there. Welcome to Processing the Process podcast. My name is Ness, and I know life can be pretty overwhelming. So that's why we talk anxiety, inner child healing, trauma, self-love, and everything in between. Here we learn how to chill the hell out, savor our food, process our shit, and take life one moment at a time together. Hey everyone, happy Take Moment Tuesday. Welcome to Processing the Process with your girl Ness. It is a good day. It is a good day. I tried to record this episode about three separate times. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And every single time there was something I just, it just, I didn't like. (laughs) And yeah, I could have just edited things to make it sound better, but I didn't want to do that. So here we are. Let's take six. Um, (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about friendships and relationships, just from a standard and a general point, I think, Um, because obviously we could talk about attachment styles until we're blue in the face, but y'all know they exist. Do your research. Apply it to your own experiences. Figure that out yourself, because I'm still learning mine, so I can't really give you my experience as of yet, okay? So um, we're just going to be talking in a very general sense, but to basically start this... um, episode here, I am going to have to start it on a very low point that is almost like really sad. And trigger warning, um, it has something to do with suicide. So uh, please, if this is uncomfortable, uh, skip ahead like a couple seconds. Um, But I think it's also super important to highlight, especially uh, as we talk today about friendships and relationships and, um, you know, choosing the people that we want to surround ourselves with. So about a couple weeks ago, there was a girl that my sister, my sister, my older sister, knew from high school, kept in touch outside of high school, uh, had a couple friends who were also friends with her as well, um, uh, sadly passed, and uh, mainly because she decided to take her life. From what I've gathered, this was like super heartbreaking because she was the type of person that you would never see that coming. Um, She had her own battles. She was actively in therapy. She was working on inner child healing. She was doing everything right, you know, trying to understand the trauma and the baggage that she carries. And to everyone else, at least those who I know who knew her, the way she was, how she carried herself was optimistic, was loving, it was warm, it was gentle. Um, she was always seeing the bright side of things. She was just a genuinely great person to be around. It's, it's even more heartbreaking to know that she was doing what she could to help herself here. Um, and trauma is heavy. Trauma is, is hard to maneuver and get over because, because there's a spectrum, right? Um, some traumas are easier to dissect and organize and compartmentalize than others. And um, sometimes trauma can be so, 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 so heavy that even the things that we are doing to help ourselves, it challenges it completely. And there will be another episode uh, coming up talking more about self-care and, you know, doing all the right things. But I feel like it's also super important to also talk about the spirituality part of that. Um, Our culture loves to talk about taking care of ourselves and self-care and self-love and girl, like me too. Like that is my literally, (laughs) that's literally my whole shtick. (laughs) Um, But I think a lot of us forget about the second part of taking care of ourselves and, um, you know, valuing our lives. And that 
in itself is something to definitely highlight. So that will be in another episode. I'm not going to really go too far on that right now. But um, the reason why this subject here has so much importance to what we're going to be talking about today was because from the information I've gathered from those who knew her, um, seemed to align here with the fact that it is super important to surround yourself with people who genuinely care about your well-being. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> it is super important to surround yourself with people who genuinely care about your well-being. There's a lot of people out there who haven't had the best family dynamic um, and they often rely on these extra relationships that come into their lives as a form of support because they don't have that initial support. And sometimes those people that they then rely on are the worst types of people to offer support or to even be a friend. Um, so I really want to highlight this today because making friends and even, you know, choosing a partner, there's things that need to be in place for it to be a healthy relationship, period. Um, and if they're not there, then there's like red flags. <laughs> there's things that we have to reevaluate uh, in order to move forward. Um, because again, like it matters who's in your corner. If there's people in your corner who do not support you, who do not want the best for you, who do not celebrate your wins with you, who do not want to elevate themselves with you, then those are the type of people that need to do growing on their own. They can be a little bit of a parasite uh, and really suck the life out of you. And you don't need that. You don't need that. So we're going to dive in. We're going to dive in. And I think the best place to kind of start before we talk about what a good friend is and what a healthy relationship and friendship looks like, it's really important to go internal first. So right off the rip, I need you to ask yourself, how do you define support? What was the support that you experienced growing up? What was the support that was given to you as a child? What was the support or what is the support that you identify as support, right? Um, and I think for many, including myself, this was a little bit of a gray area growing up and, and into adulthood because I grew up in a very Christian home and I'm grateful for it. I, I am super grateful for it. There was some wonderful parts of that that I am 100% thankful for as a, an adult now. But some of it was rooted from a good place, but also not explained, you know, black and white to me. Um, so an example would be uh, my mom always said that her heart was made and meant for my dad because she had so much love to give and he was a broken man. And he was, he definitely was. My dad had like the craziest upbringing and um, that'll be an episode in its own. I promise his story is out of this world. It is nuts how he came to this country, but um, a broken man nonetheless. And I saw that. And I also saw this coupled with how my mom would serve others. And there's nothing wrong with serving others. There's nothing wrong with being generous and being kind. But the way she did it a lot was mainly, I am going to run myself rampant, helping other people, and I'm going to wait until the very end 
until I have extra extra energy for myself, if I have any energy for myself. And I would see my mom get so tired, so emotionally exhausted that she then, I mean, would like just be kind of confused as to why she was running low on her energy or I don't know, like she would just use all this energy to help other people, but like never have anything left for herself. And that reflected in how my behavior was growing up. I got into friendships. I got into relationships where I felt like my heart was needed for them, that I had to fix them in some kind of way. I had to be a parent in some shape or form. I had to love them, even though they were extremely toxic and abusive people. Like the list goes on. And I had no idea that there was clear a boundary between being a loving and supportive person in a relationship versus like thinking that I'm supporting this person by doing everything for them. And that's like two different things. The first part here is obviously understanding how we understand support. What does it mean when we get it? And then what does it look like when we give it? Um, So for starters, support is a lot of things. Support can be you know, going dress shopping with your closest best friends, right? And putting on a dress that you wouldn't normally wear, but, you know, it could be nice. And you get out of the dressing room and the girls are there and they see you in this beautiful dress that, you know, is not typically your style, but you still look really great in it. And they're hyping you the fuck up. That is a good type of support. That is a type of support where they're building you. They're building you up, making you feel confident because that confidence is important. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen too many like say yes to the dress where a girl would pick out a really nice dress and she would come back out and um, everyone would be like, oh my God, so beautiful. Like one girl's crying. And then there's just one bitch who's just like, "Mm, it's okay. I don't really like that on you. A lot of the times, it's unfortunately the bride's mother in those scenarios, but still, that person needs to be flicked to infinity. You don't need that kind of energy around you, okay? So first type of support, obviously, is building someone up, being there for them and making them feel good about themselves. That is part of being in a relationship, and it's part of being a friend. Healthy support also looks like boundaries. So like I said before, Navigating relationships uh, without really understanding support was really difficult for me. And also growing up with not a clear distinction of what boundaries were, that was also a problem. (laughs) In my house, boundaries weren't a thing. It was just like, you know, I'm the mom, I'm, you know, you are the kid, there's no boundaries here, I am always in the right. And um, I think it's super important to teach kids about boundaries, don't you think? Like, there are certain things that are acceptable, there are certain things that are not. And we need to be able to discern them verbally, because most people don't understand boundaries to begin with, right? So boundaries can look like support as well. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So in this regard, your boundary is literally protecting you. I don't know about you, but I have spent too much time trying to help people get to where they need to be when they don't want to do that work themselves. That's a huge red flag. (laughs) 
people need to do their work. People need to work on their shit, right? People need to process whatever is going on internally, their experiences, their trauma. That is up to them to do. And that is like the biggest slogan of this whole podcast and blog. It is important. You're the only one who could process your shit. It is absolutely important for you to do that because when you make other people feel like they need to do that for you, that's a big problem. And chances are, if you're that person, you're probably running low on some friends right now. And hey, I'm not saying it's okay, but it's time we got to shape up some things, right? We got to work on some things so that that doesn't get in the way of our, of our relationships that should be bringing enrichment to our lives, right? So on the other end of that, the receiving end, good support for a friend who isn't doing that is allowing yourself to be supportive to give a listening ear to say, hey, what do you or what do you want to talk about? Vent to me or, you know, talk to me about what's going on. Um, you know, being uh, physically comforting if your friend is open to hugs. Offering support in that way allows your friend to know that I'm here. I'm here to listen and I'm here for you. But the boundary of that comes in when you realize that this person really doesn't want to change. They just want to talk their shit and they don't want to make any action for it. Instead, they kind of want you to do those things. That's when your support boundary has to be activated. You can't, you can't do that. I'm here for you. I love you. I care for you. I'll listen to you. But I can't do the work for you. I refuse to do the work for you. I love you. And I'm, I'll try to get, do my best to give you the resources that is needed for you to move forward in, in the best direction. But again... I'm not, I'm not you. Only you can make these decisions for yourself. And I had to learn that. And it's so unfortunate because like I learned that towards the end, like my last year of college, man, like the, the year I graduated college is when, is when I realized what boundaries were and how important they were. I just couldn't activate them yet. I couldn't apply them to my relationships and my friendships just yet. I actually had to go to therapy to help me learn how to implement them in my relationships. So if you don't have the money for therapy and this is what you're kind of, you know, absorbing now, this is super huge. This is huge, especially if you're in the college age and you're just starting college and, you know, you're kind of in that transition period between having friends at home and making new friends at college. These are juicy nuggets for you to keep in the back of your brain so that you have a good college experience without trying to be someone else's therapist. Because, I mean, unless you're going to, unless you're going to school for that and getting paid for that, then you're not one. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's okay. Boundaries also allow us to recharge our batteries, right? To fill our own cups. The ability to say no, that's not for me. Or the ability to say, hey, you got a lot of stuff going on. And you're literally projecting that onto me and that's not fair. So I'm going to walk away now <laughs> because I don't want to be around this energy. That is you protecting your peace and that is you filling your cup, partially filling your cup. That is one way that you can. But other ways could be, you know, taking that time to be alone, recharging, doing the things that you like, de-stressing, going to therapy. The list goes on. 
Filling up your cup is important, and much like how my mom showed me growing up, it often felt like she was pouring from an empty cup a lot. And then she wondered why she was so emotionally exhausted, and she would freak out sometimes, have these like meltdowns in front of my, my sister and I. And I never held that against her, though, because emotional breakdowns happen when emotional needs aren't being met. So I understand that, and I see that now. But these are what these are the consequences of when we're trying to pour from empty cups. We got to fill. We got to pour into ourselves. We got to do the things that keep us nice and charged so that we can help other people, whether that is, you know, self-care acts or even going to church and, and praying or, you know, doing something that fills your cup so that you could be better prepared to fill others. Okay, so... We're done with the kind of internal support. We're going to circle back, but I think what's next here is to talk about what a good friend is. And there's a lot of attributions here to be a good friend. But just for like a couple examples, a good friend celebrates your wins. We mentioned this before about the dressing room. I have a friend actually that I've known for about 20 years. And um, she was telling me one time that she did have a friend and she was very close to them and, and the relationship was okay, but there was always something that felt off. She just couldn't put her finger on it. And, um, you know, this friend has had a crazy couple of years and it felt like a lot of the times it felt like it was just constant L's, just all L's, zero wins, and life was pretty rough for a couple of years, right? But then out of nowhere, because life does do this, it drags you through the mud, but then out of nowhere, someone hands you a towel to dry off and take a shower. Things started getting better. She finished school, she got into her dream career, and she found a significant other who not only loves her, but is a man who can offer her support in every way possible. It's a good relationship through and through. She soon found out that her friend wasn't okay with all this good things happening. She was almost jealous of the fact that her friend was being elevated and getting out of the, the ashes and rising. You know what I'm saying? Like she wasn't celebrating her wins. Instead, she internalized it and she was like jealous about it. And like that sucks. That sucks because when things like this happen, when good things happen like this, you should be able to talk to your friends or your significant other and then receive that celebration receive something about that that's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. That's what you need. That's what should have happened. So when you're not receiving that, when something good happens, what are we doing here? What kind of friend is this? Um, but in the same breath with celebrating wins and you know, not the opposition, we also don't want yes-mans. And this is like, relationships that don't necessarily have any challenge to them. And I don't know about you, but a lot of the time, like on my For You page of Instagram, I get like, um, they're like graphics with quotes on them. I love them. You love them. I share them. It's cool. Um, but sometimes I'm like, girl, what did we just do here? Like, what are we, we were just writing out our ass? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I come across this one and it basically says, you know, like surround yourself with people who make you feel like rainbows and sunshine. The alternate version of that that I've also saw was uh, pay attention to those people who make you feel like rainbows and sunshine. So on one end, 
The pay attention to who makes you feel good, that's important. It's really important to pay attention to who makes you feel good, for sure, for sure. Like the vibes are important to take hold of. Um, but the other one where you you should be surrounding yourself with people who constantly make you feel like rainbows and sunshine, I have a problem with, and I think you should too. Because the best type of relationships are the ones that have a little challenge to them. This means that if I'm doing something that's a little, you know, destructive to my body, to my mind, you know, to my life, you know, my friends have every right to step in and say, hey girl, I'm a little worried. Something that you're doing or something that's happening here in your life is, you know, changing you or making you, you know, act different or it's, it's, it's changing your vibe completely. You're not the person that, you know, I've always known you to be like, I I'm concerned about your well-being. that, that is healthy. And please like, this isn't like your friends telling you, we don't like your boyfriend, dump him. Okay. Well, <laughs> a lot of the times that's just kind of what happened, but it's okay. <laughs> this isn't really that unless the person is actually super toxic and you can't really see. When we're blinded by the things that are happening in front of us, our friends have that outside perspective that they can offer, which is valuable in a lot of ways. Um, so if they see that you're being mistreated or even you're getting, you're getting like treatment where it's super toxic and they see it, but you can't, I understand that it's really hard to see past the shit that you're in, but really listen to your friends here. There are, there are red flags that they are identifying that you aren't. And it's not because they're jealous. It's not because, you know, you know, they don't want you to be happy. It's because they genuinely care about you. And there's a difference here. I mean, with the example I had before, someone who isn't happy for your wins and they're more jealous about your wins, that is a clear-cut distinction. Um, but someone who is, you know, say your friend okay, she doesn't have a significant other, but you do. And she tells you that she's worried about so-and-so, your, your significant other, because there have been signs where she have seen and that you've mentioned that things just aren't adding up and it's slightly toxic. She has every right to come in and say, hey, I'm concerned. We need to talk about this. It's I like people get so bent out of shape and I've lost friendships over this too, where they, I mean, you, they automatically assume that I just want to get in the way of their happiness when really I just, I'm worried and I care about their well-being. Um, so intentions matter here, right? So yes, men can be great, I guess, in some ways, but you don't want someone who's always like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. Because these people could also not really care too much about your well-being at all. And tying in um, the girl that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, from what I can gather, her friends were kind of more like yes men. They were there for a good time, not a long time. You know what I'm saying? And I can assume that those type of people, when you try to bring something heavy to them to talk about and dissect, they don't really know how to do it themselves. So they kind of brush it off. And next thing you know, you guys are getting drinks down the road. And then flash forward, it's 2 a.m. And you're twisted beyond belief. And you feel better. But a couple more hours later, you wake up with the same feeling that that didn't help you at all. Nor did anyone want to hear you. You know, yes, men can be numbers themselves. So there's a lot of like angles here. But what's important is if your friend loves you and cares about you, 
there's going to be a little bit of a challenge. If there's not a challenge, then there's like, do you even care about what's happening? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you even care about, you know, anything (laughs) about me or what's going on? Um, And I'm not saying like it's you're going to be challenged every day or challenged every month. Like, no, I'm just saying like in my group of friends, we probably have a challenge once a year that we need to talk about. You know what I'm saying? And that's healthy, I think. A good friend can offer support even when they haven't experienced your circumstances to a T. Um, I have been in friendships where I have shared my heart. I've literally poured my heart out. And because, you know, the other person on the end of that communication line hasn't experienced those things, they can't, for some reason, offer me anything. And I think that's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird, but yet I, I kept them around in my circle for so long. Um, it's so weird because like, I always believe that it doesn't matter at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I've experienced your circumstances to a T or not. Every experience, whether it be a negative or positive one, they have a root emotion and a root feel. So whether my trauma is like a, like a five on the Richter scale and your trauma is like a 17 on the Richter scale, I still have that ability to connect with you because pain is universal. Trauma, like the pain from trauma that we carry is universal. So because you haven't you know, experienced someone else's thing to a T doesn't mean that you can't offer the support that you need to offer them as a friend. That definitely needs to be talked about more because like, girl, it doesn't matter. Just give me the support. (laughs) Good, healthy relationships also have a lot of apologizing. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. A stubbornness sometimes is like, I don't want to apologize for shit, especially, you know, after embarking on a healing journey here where I'm just like, I've been saying sorry all my life. I don't want to say sorry no more, but that is also super toxic. (laughs) if you've made a mistake, if you've said things out of line, and if you've accidentally hurt someone, it's important to say you're sorry. It's important to apologize. And especially if you value this individual as a friend or as a significant other, these are important things and tools for you so that you can maintain your end of that healthy relationship. It's totally okay to apologize when you know that you're wrong. It's hard to get over that pride lump, but once you do, things get better. Now, on the flip side, you shouldn't be the only one apologizing. I'm going to say it. (laughs) If you're the only one apologizing like 24-7, then that is also a little bit of a red flag here because that shouldn't be happening at all. Everyone has to have something that they're apologetic for. They can't just, I don't know, like it, it just, it needs to, both sides need to do this. A good relationship or friendship also requires a decent amount of tending to. And to be honest, I it's hard. It really is hard. Life is a lot. And if you have, you know, a couple friends and you also have family and you have immediate people in your life, it's like, how do I devote my time to every single one of these individuals? You know? So I know, I understand it gets it gets rough, but it's also important to know where you stand with your friends. Um, if that means reaching out to someone, if you're thinking about them, I say at the rule of thumb here in my brain is that if you come across my brain, I'm texting you right now. I'm just checking in or I'm sending you something funny or I'm just saying hi. If you came across my brain, I am taking that as a sign to reach out. 
that is just a rule of thumb that I kind of try to keep in the forefront of my brain. Um, I know where I stand with my friends. You know, if, if I don't talk to my childhood best friend every, every day, I, we still, I still know that she loves me. She cares about me and, uh, everything's good. You know, that's also super important to know. Uh, more needy individuals would like to talk every day. And and that could also be a little draining emotionally, especially someone who just doesn't understand that they need to do their work. Like that could be a very tall tale sign. But at the same time, like you could also have a best friend that you just guys, you, you, you guys just talk all day, every day. And that's totally fine too. Um, but tending to like making time for your friends, like scheduling trips, uh, like my recent one with Newport and my two uh, Chili's, Chili Head BBs, you know what I'm saying? Like making time for the people that you care about. And this kind of goes beyond friendships too. This is in, you know, relationships. This is in family dynamics. Like if you value someone, you got to make space for them because they're going to make space for you for sure. Um, so tending to, and that tending to is also part of, you know, the maintenance of a relationship and reaching out and, and saying sorry and, and apologizing and having tough talks, you know, and, and being a little challenging when something is awry and it needs to be examined, you know, like this is all part of tending and this is, this is all great examples of healthy relationships and friendships. Last bit though, we're going to circle back to the self real quick because I think this is also super important. Growing up, my mom used to say, you become who your friends are. And I used to be like, shut the hell up. <laughs> you don't know nothing about my friends. You know what I'm saying? But she was right. As an adult, I realized that there were a lot of relationships and friendships where I'd enter into it. And because I valued the other person, I would find myself, you know, picking up mannerisms, liking the music that they listen to, um, being interested in the hobbies that they're interested in. And suddenly I started kind of adopting certain characteristics of my friends. And this could be kind of in the same breath as yes men. When our friends don't know how to navigate their own shit and process their own shit, you know, majority of the time, Numbing is what they tend to turn to, whether it means numbing with people, numbing with alcohol, numbing with weed, like it, it, numbing is, is a thing. And people do that. People reach for their substances their vices because there's a lot of uncomfortable feelings that they just do not want to deal with. Um, and the more you do that, the more you kind of forget that you do have those things to deal with. Um, and so you're like having a great time, but at the end of the day, like it is a feeling that lingers and it returns. Um, and the more you hang out with people who, who do this, the more likely you will do this too. And, and this doesn't take a whole ass study to show you proof. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, bro. If you've ever had friends and you can recall certain times where you did something that maybe was outside of your comfort zone or was different from how you normally, you know, operate because they were doing it or because, you know, they have been doing it. There you go. It's just human interaction. It just works like that. Monkey see, monkey do. It's, it is what it is. Um, but the important part here is staying true to you. That's important listening to your gut, you know what I'm saying? When your gut is telling you something, when your heart is telling you something, you know, to, to, to not do X, Y, and Z because that just doesn't, you know, align with you or doesn't sit well with you, you know, that's staying true to you. 
The same thing with like, um, so an example of that would be obviously the numbing situation, um, staying true to how you know what's best here for you in terms of your trauma, in terms of your processing. If you know that alcohol is a major trigger for you, but your friends are just like throwing it back every weekend, I mean, it's going to, I mean, you can have the will of like a thousand women, but after a lot of time around the same people who are doing the opposite things that you are doing, sometimes you'll fall into it. It just, it just happens. Unless, unless you, your iron will is like stronger than mine. (laughs) Um, That's obviously like different, but this could also be for relationships. If someone is treating you wrong, if someone is making you feel like awful for even existing, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there's a part of you that's just like, oh, maybe I should just sweep it underneath the rug. Like it's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. You are sacrificing yourself. You are not staying true to you. By staying true to you, you are honoring everything about you. You know, the things that make you feel good, the things that, you know, make you, you, right? And when someone, so like example, right? Now this is an old example and this is is if this was still ha- if this was still happening now we would not be together i'm just going to preface that but when i first started dating my fiance i i mean i still do it and he's like okay that is who she is i accept it and i love it and it works but in the beginning you know when i eat some good food i'm dancing i'm doing a little shimmy i'm doing a little shake i am excited i love food and I love flavor. And when I'm eating good food, I, I can't help it but to express it. And there was a moment where John used to be upset about it or he would tell me to stop because we're in public. And that would make me so sad. And I remember holding that for about a year. It made me feel so sad about myself. And um, I think it was in the beginning journey of, of therapy where I was like, hey, this, this makes me feel so upset and I don't know what to do with it. And my therapist was like, Vanessa, you are not staying true to you by going against who you naturally are. If he doesn't like it, then there's probably a line of brothers down the road who do, you know what I'm saying? She was the one who said, hey, you need to have this conversation with him, or at least you need to continue doing you. And if he has a problem with it, you you got to go. The beautiful part of it is that I continued to do that. I continued to be me. And um, when he asked, like, you know, why I do that and I explained to him, I mean, I love food. Like, it doesn't take a rocket sciences to, to see that. Um, he started realizing that it makes sense and it's actually attractive. And now, <laughs> and now, like, we recently had burrito tacos at, a, like, a Mexican spot down the road and um, it was a new place, like I've never actually been to, but he's been to it. And uh, we were, we got our, we got our plates of tacos, and we started eating it. And both of us were just bopping, you know what I'm saying? He's picked that up for me, but still, like he's learned to love it. He's learned to accept it. He loves it. But I almost sacrificed that part of myself because I thought that, you know, because I was, I actually cared, you know, that someone else didn't like that about me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, looking back, I'm like, girl, I should have been more verbal at that instant. As soon as he said, what are you doing? I should have been like dancing. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I should have been a little bit more forceful. But of course, that comes with time. I didn't know how to defend myself. I didn't know, you know, what boundaries were for like the longest time. (laughs) So growth is, is good. (laughs) 
And so is being yourself and remaining true to you. I don't know how many conversations I've had with my friends where they would personally have to put what they feel and their needs aside because of the needs of their friends or their significant other. And I'm like, bro, in some terms, in some ways, it is important to learn how to you know, put your needs in the backseat and cater to your friend at this moment. But it is not okay to keep them in the backseat for the like the remainder of the year, bro. Like your needs, <laughs> your needs are not like trash bags of goodwill clothes that you need to donate. Okay. We're not keeping those needs in the back trunk for infinity. We need to do something with them. They either need need to be out of the bag and identified or thrown away. No I'm kidding. No, they need to be out of the bag and identified. <laughs> The metaphor worked for so long, (laughs) but it's important. It is super important to stay true to you, right? Because when we stay true to ourselves, we're staying true to also the inner child that's within. We're acknowledging their likes, their quirks, because whether you know it or not, they like to come, they like to come out every now and then. And especially when I eat them tacos, when I eat good food, I love, I know little Ness comes out and she's doing her dance because a bitch has been doing that since 96. And I love it. I love that about myself. And I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving up certain things about me because I am afraid of what my significant other or my friends will think. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no, no, because I don't expect that from them. They're going to be them through and through. Another example would be my, one of my friends is, um, anxious. She's just an anxious girl and it's okay. We love her. (laughs) But I never, I would never make her feel bad about being an anxious girl. And if anything, when I know that she's getting anxious, I try to identify that for her. And then I offer her support in any way that I can. I ground her and saying, Hey, it's okay. I bring her back into reality. I don't make her feel bad for it. I just, you know, do my job as a supportive friend and remind her that she is loved She's not doing anything wrong, and it's okay to take a chill pill. We can sit down for a second, no problem. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's important to stay true to you. That's all I'm saying. That's basically all I have (laughs) so far on friendships and relationships. Again, this is a very very general, as they say in the corporate world, high-level overview. It is not super down to the point, but these are really good points to keep in the back of the brain when we are working on the maintenance of relationships or when we are, you know, sifting through the relationships that we have and wondering, you know, what, what's, what kind of, what, who are the people that I'm surrounding myself with? Who are these, who are these people? What am I, who am I putting in my corner? That matters. Navigating it all is really tough and difficult. So I applaud you for for doing this and for inquiring about relationships and friendships here. Um, and I hope that whatever I mentioned today, the points that I've given you, the points that I have given you today, I hope at one point something was tangible, it was understandable, and you were able to kind of slip in your back pocket. And if not, hey, give me some pointers. You know what I'm saying? I'm always open to kind of criticism and feedback, I guess. I'm always open to hearing how you navigate your relationships and what are the things that you do to keep them healthy or what are, what are the things that you look for uh, to avoid or to to not avoid. That That's pretty cool to me. So if you have them, throw them out there. Don't throw them to me. I'll catch them. Anywho, thank you so much for hanging out with me. 
Thank you for sitting through this. This was a little lengthy. I'm sorry, but I hope you were taking some notes and I hope there was something that resonated with you. Until next time, I love you. You're precious. You matter. And you're the only one who can process your shit. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Ness. Before you hop off and do your thing and go about your day, I do want to let you know that we do have a corresponding Instagram page for this podcast. It is Processing the Process with Ness. It is my personal blog. Um, I take you with me through a lot of things. I, I share with you some of the knowledge and experience that I've had so far and some of the revelations that continuously just come up within our lives. I'm highlighting them bitches, all right? Um, you can follow me at the Instagram page. You can also follow TikTok, which is just processing the process BB, BBY. Um, and then as well as we have an email. So if you'd like to send in any topic requests, if there's something you really want to talk about, but you just don't know how to go about it, just share it with me. Let's let's con- let's let's conquer it together. Let's understand it together. So you can send that to me at processing the process podcast at gmail.com as well. My DMs are always open. If you need someone to talk to, I am here for you. You are not alone at all. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>